my Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask you for pardon of my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Pope Francis tells the story of two young brothers out in the mountains and they stumble across the nest of an eagle and in the nest there is an egg, an eagle egg, which they decide to take home with them to their little farm and to put it under the turkey who is incubating some turkey eggs. So they do that and place the little turkey, the eagle egg under the turkey and, and then one by one the eggs all hatch, the turkey eggs and the eagle egg and the little eaglet grows up amongst the little turkeys and is playing around in the puddles in the farmyard and doing all the things that a little turkey does. Um, and of course he doesn't know that he is uh, an eagle. But when he sees an eagle flying overhead, something uh, deep inside the little eaglet tugs at him, saying to him, that is where I belong. And so Pope Francis uh, asked the question, are we soaring like the eagle we're meant to be, or are we acting like a turkey? Um, and so that's kind of our theme of this meditation. The idea that our Lord has made us, as St. Augustine put it very well, has made us and you have drawn us to yourself and our heart is restless until it rests in you. And of course, St. Augustine is a good example of somebody who had that insatiable heart, but did try to fill it with kind of turkey things, we could say. And especially with his talents, he was kind of in a position to, to do that maybe more than others. And he tried to fill his heart with his stellar career in teaching rhetoric in the Roman Empire. And he uh, tried to fill it with his mistresses and, and of course with his explorations in false religion, kind of philosophical, mystical religions. But he kept coming back to the same feeling of dissatisfaction, that none of these things filled his heart, even though many people, I'm sure, many of his contemporaries would have said, wow, Augustine, you have everything. You've, uh, you've really made it. We envy you so much. You're still in your 20s. 
and you have reached the heights of your career and you have that mistress and you have all these things. But that maybe just highlighted it more for St. Augustine that his heart shouldn't be so restless but it was restless. And he also refers to Psalm 42 because he was in that in that condition as the deer longs for running streams so my soul longs for you O God my soul thirsts for God the living God when can I enter and see the face of God and so that is the condition of each and every one of us each and every human being on planet we are made by you Lord and we are made for you and being made like that nothing but nothing else will fill the human heart we can try we can try to settle for less but nothing else will ever satisfy the human heart it's very good for us to remember that for ourselves especially times of temptation, to settle for less. When we, when we know that my heart is, 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 is kind of seeking or being led to something much, much, much less than what it was made for. St. Rosemary also talks about uh, an eagle, a very similar kind of story in, in a way. He, he talks about this eagle that he saw shut up in an iron cage somewhere probably in Madrid, some maybe kind of little poor zoo or something. But this eagle, of course an eagle is a magnificent, magnificent creature when you see it in the wild. Um, <clears throat> we don't, we see some, we see some little hawks and uh, buzzards here, but we don't really see, or very rarely, uh, full-blown eagles here. But this was one of these eagles who should have been a spectacular creature, but it was dirty, half its feathers missing, and in its claws was a piece of carrion, kind of dead meat. I then thought, what would happen to me if I were to renounce my vocation from God? I felt sorry for that lonely, fettered bird born to soar the heavens and gaze at the sun. We too can scale the humble heights of love for God, of service to all men. However, in order to do this, we must make sure that our souls have no nooks or crannies into which the light of Jesus Christ cannot shine. That's like the carrion. You can imagine, in fact, that this eagle was caught by carrion, that uh, a trap was laid for him and, and, um, and he was caught by his desire for this meat and he got his claws into it and he didn't let it go and, and so it was captured. And of course, in a sense, in a sense all temptations are, are like that. The devil offers us carrion in exchange 
for the, the ability to fly and to fly up towards the sun that we're made to. And so the kind of agreement is you will get your carrion, but you'll never soar again. You'll never fly. I'll give you all the carrion you want, but you will be, you will be in, this, in this cage. And that's kind of the exchange of, of all sin, in fact. Again, we, we see it many times. Again, St. Rosemary in the Way talks about exchanging, the devil's exchange, the, these rubies and diamonds and precious pearls soaked in the lifeblood of, of Jesus Christ. And that's exchanged for, for nothing, a bauble, for a, a fleeting pleasure. And so that is, that's the exchange of the, the eagle, your, your ability to fly, to soar, contemplate the highest things, to love the highest things, but instead you're reduced to carrion. And it is all of us, it's, it's temptation. Or it's even, as St. As Josemaria says, that the nooks and crannies. Well, that reminds me of another eagle that's talked about by St. John of God, I think it is. And um, in that case, he talks about being tied down. He talks about being tied down by a, a chain. If the eagle is tied down, like this eagle in the cage, well, of course, he cannot soar to, to contemplate who is made to contemplate. But he said, well, you might say, well, I'm not tied down by a chain. My little, my little kind of consolations or my little worldly things, they're very small, they're very slight. It's not much. And he says, fine, if you're tied down by a chain, or if you're tied down by a thread, it makes no difference. And you might say, well, I could break the thread at any time. He says, yes, but well, until you break the thread, it's still a chain, as good as. The good point, you know, there are little things that maybe we, we, we see in our own lives, a kind of attachment, a habit, whatever it might be, that that really is actually holding me back from soaring. And I say, it's very small, it's only a thread, but it's as good as a chain until we break it. And it's good as the carrion, you know, in the, in the sense of an exchange for the ability to soar towards sanctity, essentially. Sometimes the, maybe always, the, the grasping the carrion in exchange for soaring is an expression of desperation, of despair, the loss of hope, the loss of hope that I can, in fact, soar. That sometimes you, you do see it in people that they really go for, you know, full-heartedly, completely, for the carrion. Even saying, you know, even kind of justifying it, saying, I desire more, I desire, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm kind of a ferocious, desire of things. Well, of course, what, they, what their problem is, is desiring too little, not desiring too much. They settle for too little, um, much too little. But it is an expression also of despair. 
the Catechism of the Catholic Church, it says this, there's about hope. Hope keeps man from discouragement. It sustains him during times of abandonment. It opens up his heart in expectation of eternal beatitude. Which is interesting. You, you can do it. You can do it. You can get to heaven. You can live in, in this life already in a way that is leading to heaven. But of course, people do fall into despair. And well, despair is always ultimately voluntary. But they allow themselves to fall into despair. And so that I give up the hope of ever arriving at heaven, but also living on this earth in a way that is leading to heaven. And so you sometimes see that kind of wild behavior, the kind of wild grasping at the carrion is a real sign of actual despair, a loss of hope. I can't do it, it can't be done. Buoyed up by hope, however, he is preserved from selfishness. So sometimes you see that extreme selfishness is actually a symptom of despair because I, 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 cannot, I cannot hope that I can live any other life. And preserved from selfishness, he's led to the happiness that flows from charity. Of course, that's so much part of the soaring of the eagle, the charity that each one of us has made to, to live, the heights of charity, which is the heights of sanctity, love of you, Lord, and love of one another. So very important for us, for us all, of course, to, to fight off those temptations of despair. And sometimes I think we see it a little bit if we are kind of if we are falling into those things in, in one way or another. Again, St. Osmond talks about the persons who slake their thirst in the dirty puddles along the way. It's a very graphic, it's a very graphic image. We are like the deer that is made for running waters. But if we despair getting, at, at getting to the running water, well, then there's that temptation, that danger of allowing ourselves or surrendering to slaking our thirst in a filthy puddle. So all the kind of more base things, I think that maybe St. Rosemary is also thinking here of things of impurity, very base things, which is a filthy puddle. It slakes our thirst very briefly, but actually makes it worse, it makes us sick, because we have kind of given up on the hope of getting to pure water. And so we see that around us, you see that. And, and again, unfortunately, we see it in, uh, at large in our society, people going kind of mad in the area of impurity. So we have to see, and we, it has to move us to pity, in that it is an expression of this despair. I cannot live a higher life. I have to slake my thirst in these dirty puddles which at least initially used to disgust me. Maybe now they don't so much. But it's, all, it's, it's a really sad situation. And of course, again, well, we have to fight, all of us have to fight, but also, also all of us have to be conscious of encouraging others. 
encouraging them in different ways. And primarily by, by our example. Because even the, the seeing, the example of seeing a person living a pure life is a great encouragement. In one way it's a great encouragement. It can also kind of feel like a slap in the face for, for people who, who refuse to live this life or feel that they can't live this life. But it's not far between that actually, that feeling maybe of being rebuked, to actually feeling being encouraged. This is possible. It is possible to live a human life. It is possible to walk by those, those filthy puddles and get pure water, running water. It is, you know, it's possible to, to soar and forget about the carrion. So it's a very important thing, just that whole thing of example, the, the example of a Christian life, especially in a, in a society, unfortunately like ours, which not, not, not just that it's kind of rejected it, it's a little bit more complicated than that. It, it is despaired of ever living it. Doesn't think it's possible. And therefore, when we show, hopefully with our life, look, maybe not easy, but it's certainly possible, it's doable. And of course, it's, this, is, this, is the, this is what we're made, this is the, the eagle soaring. You're the puddle in the, you're the, 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 the turkey in the puddles, though we wouldn't put it that way. You're certainly behaving like a turkey in a puddle, and you're not made to do that. I'm no different from you. I'm no different. But I, I, I choose, and I'm given the grace by God, not to spend my, my life in a filthy puddle. I want to live for something much greater. Often we hear those words in, 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 in liturgy, seek the things that are above. And we, we've chosen to do that. It's never definitive. We always have to renew, renew that. Lord, I want to seek things that are above, not slaking my, my thirst in, in lower things. And obviously there's lower and lower, you know, there's degrees of lowness. But even the thread, you know, it's not so bad. It's not a chain, but it's still a thread, that kind of slaking my thirst in something. And I just say, well, that's a thread also. But re re relatively easy, broken. In, in the liturgy these days, there is this, because it's Easter tide, and <clears throat> one of the kind of themes of Easter tide is heaven, in fact. St. Augustine himself, he says, um, the 40 days of Lent represent life on this earth, the 50 days of Easter tide represent life in heaven. It's quite a nice. So there is this kind of underlying theme of heaven and heavenly joy in Eastertide and even the feasts that we're now preparing for they're very they're very joyful feasts particularly joyful think of um, Corpus Christi even the Blessed Trinity the feast of the Trinity is, um, is is like that you know thinking of heaven on Sunday we have this this vision from Saint Prince Saint John in his apocalypse in the spirit, the angel took me to the top of an enormous high mountain and showed me Jerusalem, the holy city, coming down from God out of heaven. It had all the radiant glory of God and glittered like some precious, precious jewel of crystal clear diamond, the new Jerusalem. 
the New Jerusalem, which is the, the church transfigured, the church in all its glory, the church, the children of God, the people of God. So in a sense, it's heaven itself as well. It's this all transfigured. But it's very interesting that John is given a vision of this. He's allowed to see the, the New Jerusalem in all its beauty, and he's trying to, trying to convey there some of its beauty and, and conveying it through these, these beautiful diamonds, or compared to a glittering, precious jewel of crystal clear diamond. So kind of reaching for some way of conveying the beauty of this. Now, it's a very important thing, because we only soar. We only soar when we were soaring towards something, we're drawn towards something, very, very beautiful. And when we catch a glimpse of it, without catching glimpses, we don't fly. We need glimpses, as we often say again in the, the liturgy about the Eucharist, we need these pledges of heaven, our foretastes of heaven, to get us on the way. And these foretastes of heaven are especially seen Pope Benedict actually puts it, they're seen in two things in particular. In the lives of the saints and the beauty of the, what the, what the church produces. It's art, or it produces the saints of course, but also the inanimate things that the church produces. It's art, it's liturgy, it's music, and so on. These are, are the two kind of glimpses we get of that new Jerusalem. We get this now, we see this now, the beauty of the liturgy. Even a simple Mass, like we're about to celebrate, but also a beautiful Mass, which is very, it's always a very good thing to be able, you know, sometimes to, to really put out all the stops, because there's nothing like it. It's sometimes it's, it's unfortunate that we rarely get an opportunity. It should be, or perhaps really every Sunday, the, the, the church every parish should be to pull out all the stops, which of course comes from putting out all the stops in an organ. It is playing at full blast. And because that, that does, as it were, swell the heart. You see the beauty, the beauty of the church's music, the beauty of her art, the beauty of her liturgy. And her heart is left saying, oh yeah, I have no desire for filthy puddles now compared to that, because we're given this kind of glimpse of heaven. It's a very important thing. Other the art, other kinds of forms of art, does something similar, but nothing quite like the beauty of art in liturgy. And then, of course, the other great, the other great glimpse, if you like, into this beauty of the New Jerusalem, is the, is the lives of the saints, both those who've been canonized and those who have not yet been canonized, and those who are still alive. So it's very true. You 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 look at the life of a great saint, and it's very stirring. And it might be a very simple, humble life, but it's very stirring. And you say, look at that life. I want that. I want that. I, again, that makes the, 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 the filthy puddles seem so unappetizing in comparison. I could live like this saint, which is, all, which is the fullness of charity. I could live charity in that wonderful way, with whoever it is, all the saints, you look at different people that they're living charity with, think of Tomas and, and Paquita, Alvira, very, very, very beautiful, very simple, a married couple, 
They're a bunch of kids, very simple, and, and, and yet stirringly beautiful, the accounts of, of their life. St. Rosa Maria, all the other, any saint that we know anything about, very, it's very stirring, it's very important for us. Is they are a person who's soaring. It's like the little turkey, we sometimes might feel, and the little turkey looking up and seeing this eagle soaring overhead. And that's the saint soaring. But the saint is also saying, come on, you know, flap those little wings. You're not a turkey. You're not a turkey. Flap those wings. Get up here. This is where you're made to be up here with me, in, in the stratosphere, face to face with the sun, soaring. That's where you're made to be, and you, you can do it. And that, that's that kind of encouragement. So of the, of the saints as well. But also people need to be, it needs to be explained to them. Sometimes, you know, like the little turkey doesn't know he's an eagle. And someone has to show him, look, you're an eagle. This is what eagles do. Flap those little wings. There's a nice um, kind of event or a little thing that St. Josemir talks about in the very first days of his priesthood, when, remember, he sent to Perdigera in a kind of strange move by his rather vindictive priest uncle. And he sent to Perdigera, aptly named really, lost in the middle of nowhere, and uh, this tiny little, town, little village really. And he's there and he's, he's, he's living with them in the home of a couple who are called Saturino and Prudencia his host and hostess, and they treat him very well, and he's very grateful. They have a child, they're very poor, everybody's poor here, and they have a child who is a goat herd. He has to head off early in the morning with his little goats, look after the goats, and then at twilight bring the goats back. And therefore he misses the classes of preparation for Holy Communion that other children in the village are getting from St. Rosemaria. St. Rosemaria feels sorry for him, but also feels he'd like to do something to repay his host and hostess for the kindness to them. So in the evening, in the nighttime, when the little fellow gets back, he gives them some classes, catechism classes. And at one point, he, um, he's teaching them, and he asks them, if you were rich, very rich, what would you do? And the little fellow, before venturing an answer, he prudently asks, what is rich? What does that mean? And so St. Josemaria explains, well, having lots of money, having lots of land, having lots of little goats, whatever it is, so this is, this is rich. And, and the fellow then, when he kind of, he understands the, the concept of being rich, he says, I would have big bowls of wine soup. That's what he would have. Um, and then St. Josemaria said, thought to himself, Jose Maria, the Holy Spirit is speaking. For all earthly ambitions, however grand, really amount to no more than a bowl of soup. You know, we, we can think, well, you know, if you're rich, you know, people think, I would, I would have a 300-foot yacht, maybe one of these confiscated from these oligarchs. I wouldn't mind one of them. Or whatever it is, you know, that, that you know, would, would seem to be our heart's delight. And it's just a bowl of wine soup. That's all. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it is the Holy Spirit, really, pointing that out. These, these desires, 
they are really amount to nothing more than the bowl of wine soup, slaking our thirst, nothing more. No matter how grand it appears, there's only two, there's only two options, really, the wine soup or the soaring like an eagle, the turkey or the eagle. There's only two ways of living life on earth. And so I, th I suppose like St. Rosemary helping this little fellow, we too also have to, we have to help people. You know, it's also to do with doctrine and, and passing on doctrine and teaching, the Church of Teaching, the beauty of the liturgy, the saints, because it is a, it is a thing of catechesis. It's bringing, um, bringing people along, showing them luck. No, none of us is a turkey. We're all eagles. This is how eagles. This is how eagles live. Look at this life. Come to this liturgy. Even something that we're doing, perhaps these days in May, which is a very beautiful thing, very simple. Visit to a shrine of Our Lady. But it's so sometimes, it's, especially if the sun starts shining, and you go to a little shrine, hopefully a nice, well kept shrine of Our Lady. And all nature, the birds are singing their little heads off, and, and the flowers are out, and, and it's so beautiful. And you're there just honouring Our Lady. Even that is, is a thing of, of very simple but very great beauty, in fact. And I think even something like that can stir a person's heart to say, I want this. I want this. I want to quit with that thread or break with that chain. I want to, I want to be the eagle soaring. And of course, it's so, it's so doable when we set our mind to it. So we ask Our Lady to intercede for us, to help us in ourselves to, to be very sure of this, to realize this. I've been made to be an eagle to soar the heights of sanctity, and that in my turn, I would inspire others to do the same. I give you thanks, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you for help to put them into effect. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.